What's up? We're live. 50, number 55, podcast number 55, the Unplugged Alpha. So yeah, welcome to this installment. And um, guys, it's, I'm still getting a lot of DMs and like questions from people about a lot of the uh, Tate controversy and what I think of it. I've, I've had women try to lecture me about having collabed with him before um, and what a bad person I am. I've had dudes that have said that chicks that they're interested in are um, not dealing with them on a go forward basis because they follow Andrew Tate. Uh, strange times that we live in. <laughs> it's a bizarre thing. Um, Moff wants to know who he is. He's never heard of him. Apparently, uh, you don't have a, a Bugatti color, a special you know, Bugatti color to uh, uh, talk about, which is why I don't know about him. So, um, I got a bunch of clips that I got lined up over here that most of you guys have sent me actually. So um, we're going to be going through them one by one, talking about them and um, feeding back and, you know, let's, let's chop it up. Let's see, you know, is it, is it really that controversial to have some of these views and opinions? Um, some people think so. Some people just think it's like, Hey, I'm glad somebody's actually saying it. Um, so yeah, we're going to go through a bunch of these tonight and we'll do a little bit of Q&A. So stick around if you guys have some questions, you want to call in and chop it up. I'm going to be dropping a link for you guys to do that. Um, I kind of opened this up by, um, actually, let me start with by saying this. A lot of you guys are still watching the this this podcast on the old channel. Um, there's a brand new channel. It's called The Unplugged Alpha over on YouTube. I've just put the podcast on its own channel. I did this a few weeks ago to make sure that it's, it's, it's separated from the main channel. A whole bunch of reasons. It just makes better sense. But please go over and subscribe to it. I've left the link in the description of the Entrepreneurs and Cars channel, and I've also pinned it in live chat. You're only going to get about a 10 minute preview. preview then I'm going to kill the feed. And if you want to watch the whole thing, you're going to have to come over to the uh, new YouTube channel, which is, of course, again, linked there. So come on over. So I kind of started this, um, you know, by opening up some dialogue. And I told Andrew this uh, a few weeks ago. I was like, you're like now a household name. I was on WhatsApp with him. And I did a video, um, I don't know, a week or so ago on my channel. I think that's what pissed off some of these um, chicks that were like, how could you collab with them and all this sort of stuff? It's like, oh man, you know, we're actually in this environment where it's like, you know, people today are so butthurt over opinions. And it's like, I've said this before and I say it on Twitter often. It's like, look, you know, getting offended by somebody's opinion is like walking down a sidewalk, seeing a piece of shit and choosing to step in it rather than walking around it. Literally. This is what people get upset about. So we're going to dive into some of those and see what the <laughs> nature is of the conversations that it's so upsetting to some of these um, softies and what I think of it as well. Um, so I had a conversation with a uh, female family member recently talking about this because, again, you know, he's now a household name. And I said, you know, is this guy really that controversial? Like, what is he saying? You know, the response is basically, ooh, he's gross. Um you know, like who would listen to that, blah, 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 sort of stuff. So I said, okay, well, you know, here's a video. And I couldn't find it for whatever reason to put it up on my desktop, but I had had it on my phone. And um, it was something along the lines of if a robber breaks into the house, I don't expect her to deal with it. I'll deal with it. But I do expect her to, you know, make breakfast in the morning, you know, for example. And when you play that soundbite, that's offensive still to a lot of uh, people, you know, women inclusive, because they then come up with the argument, well, how is defending, you know, me or my honor or, you know, with a potential possibility that happened, which probably won't ever happen. I mean, let's be honest, in most people's lifetime in safe countries or safe cities, even in, you know, more difficult countries, 
you're probably not going to have to deal with a break-in, but it does happen or the threat of it happening does exist. So the argument that they then make is, why would I trade a lifetime of making breakfast for you know the security of being protected by you if somebody breaks in the house, which is highly, highly unlikely? Okay, interesting. So we don't value what my buddy Pete calls blue jobs and pink jobs anymore, right? Um, all right, well, let's say that the chance of somebody breaking in a house is so remote or rare that it might only happen once every decade, you know, really, for every 20 years or something like that. You know, the odds of it happening are so slim. But in the wintertime, it snows once a week and the grass needs to get, get cut once a week. And the snow tires need to get swapped out for the summer tires uh, twice a season. Uh, the oil needs to be changed in the car whenever. You know, if you're the kind of guy that's handyman that does it himself or takes them to the shop, either way, whatever, right? There's, there's blue jobs and there's pink jobs, right? I mean, is that a fair assessment or is that going offside? Like, is it, is it really that controversial to say something along those lines where there's certain things that, are, that, that men are good at and are expected to perform and do, and there's certain things that women are good at and kind of expected to perform and do? Traditionally speaking, you know, throughout history, Men would go out and risk their lives, um, you know, make bank, bring it home and, you know, br you know, basically bring home the bacon and she would cook it up sort of thing and raise a family, take care of the house and turn a, you know, turn a house into a home sort of thing. Although that's changed quite a bit. So a lot of the controversy we're going to see in some of these clips over here. And I'll get into all of them. I've got two, three, four, five, six. I've got about a dozen there, actually. So there's lots to get into. So we should probably get started on it. Let me get some headphones in so I can listen along with you as we do this. Um, there are a bunch of TikToks that I've thrown up on my browser. So these sorts of things take a little bit of uh, IT help, I guess. <laughs> it is what it is. All right. So let's kill this feed over here. And first one. So share screen. And you guys in the comments, like, you know, you let me know what's up. You can super chat. It doesn't matter to me. You know, you let me know what you think about it. Uh, Chrome tab and share audio. Actually, I think I can do window audio. No, I got to do Chrome tab. So let's do this first one. Merge have a huge impact. Yeah, let's go here. Okay, so let's do this one first. All right. Uh, so let's start with something simple. Okay, because I think this is like a reasonable entry point. Some of you have never heard of him. If you don't know who he is, he's a kickboxing champion, lives in Romania, um, runs a bunch of businesses, does well for himself. He's funny as hell. I, like I see him more as a comic. If you don't think he has a sense of humor, then you need to go watch his interview or um, when he was on the podcast with Tom Segura, who's a stand-up comic. I mean, he's a buddy of Joe Rogan's. I've seen a bunch of his stand-ups. I think Tom Segura is hilarious. And his wife pointed out, even when he was on that podcast, that she's never seen world-class comics make this guy laugh the way that Tate did. I think he's hilarious. A lot of the stuff that he says um, is built in character. Um, I've seen a break character from time to time. But I think for the most part, what he says, he truly believes in. Although, you know, some of it is manufactured for some of the stuff that he's doing, right? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's called the Your Mom's House podcast. Anyway, so let's play this first one here. Another thing that a lot of people make a mistake with when I talk to them, like, oh, I have to go to work today. Change your language. I get to go to work today. Imagine you had no job. It'd be worse, right? So you get to go to work. Oh, I have to fix the car. At least you have a car. Most people don't got one. Oh, I have to go get the kids. You get to go get the kids because you have these beautiful children who love you. People's even their own language is wrong. Maybe I'm completely crazy. Maybe I'm full of shit. But the frames I've installed in my mind are all beneficial to me. 
But that makes me crazy and full of shit. Good. Because I can't become depressed. There's another thing that. So, yeah. So he gets criticized for um, saying things like depression isn't real. And I've got a clip here where he talks about it a little bit more and we'll dive into that. But I kind of place this one front and center because you kind of have to ease into some of the dialogue and sort of conversations that he has, um, you know, <laughs> not, not jump into it too harshly right away, if you know what I'm saying. But all he's really do, doing here is he's saying, you know, change your mindset. You know, like if you believe the cup, like the cup is half full, you're going to have a better attitude on life than looking at everything, you know, pessimistically. There's loads of people out there right now today in the world that love playing the victim card. It's like, oh, poor me. You know, I can never catch a break. Blah, blah, fucking blah. And it's like, avoid those people, right? If you can't view the world through a lens uh, of optimism, at the very least, like I'm not saying rose-colored lens and like, you know, you know, pretend anything's rainbows and blood butterflies, because it ain't, you know, shit ain't really like easy out there. But at least, you know, change your mindset, you know, to the point where it's like, you know, you look at the world through a glass half full sort of lens and you're going to have a better experience operating in is really all that he's saying in this clip over here. So let's pull this out and uh, let's drop in the next one here. Uh, what do we have on this one? Okay, so this is a clip that he did with um, Dave Portnoy, I think is his name from, uh, uh, what's, it, what's the show called? Uh, Barstool Sports or something like that. We're, it's a strange podcast because it has like very little to do with talking about sports, but it's, it's actually pretty funny. Um, so let's throw this one up and throw this clip where he's talking about, um, he's not sexist, but he's a realist. So here we go. Pressure, I hate women. I, I mean, we can attempt to label me without all we want. I'm happy to discuss that. I listen. Pressure, I hate women. I, I mean, we can attempt to label me without all we want. I'm happy to discuss that. I absolutely not really love women. I have nothing against women. I believe women are the most precious things on the planet. They create life. They should be protected. They should be provided for. I would never let a woman pay for a bill. If someone touched any of my women, I would stand up against ten men by myself and risk my life to protect her. I believe that women are beautiful creatures. I just don't think that they're as emotionally calm as men in stressful situations. I don't think they can fight like a man can. And for the same reason, I would never drop my children in an all-male nursery. I think that's strange and weird. I would only drop them in an all-female nursery. Women do certain things and men do certain things. And we live in a world now where the whole idea of the roles has been conflated to the fact where if I come along and say women are better with children and men are better at fighting, I'm somehow fucking sexist when it's clearly true. There's nothing wrong with stating the facts. I don't. Yeah, so... In this clip, he's he's stating facts, right? You know, like I, why would you drop off your kid at a nursery that would be run by dudes? Like he's right, like that, like that would feel weird. You know, the same, the same way that even as a father to a kid, if you're if you're doing something, you know, parenting wise with a small child, let's say a three year old or something like that, um, other parents, especially moms. They, they're, they're very protective of their kids and they don't want like, you know, an adult male, even, even if they're a father with a small child around, clearly that's theirs around their kid alone. Um, that's just how, you know, society operates, but we can't say things. And one of the points that he was making in this clip, and it didn't show up in that clip, I don't think was, um, they were talking about female pilots. And at some point he said something along the lines of, you know, if I see a female pilot on a plane, like, um, I'm basically not happy. I'd rather have a male pilot because they deal better in stressful rational situations and what's what's wrong with that you know another argument that was tied into that i think was um women uh aren't as great behind uh the wheel of a car as what a guy is and i made this argument it's like every single chick they've ever dated has always had scratches dings 
dents in their car, bumpers hanging off a little bit, whatever, you know, they back into something, they don't see it, whatever, whatever. Like this is, this is how women drive. It's like, but then people argue and say, well, why do they have lower insurance rates? Well, probably because they're not claiming the damage that's still on their car because of the deductible and it's too much and they just leave it on the car because it doesn't matter, right? They're not like guys where guys take pride in ownership in a vehicle, car guys anyway, you know, if they have a nice car, they take pride in ownership of vehicles, which is a scratch or a ding or something happens, it's fixed automatically. I remember this lady backed up um, on a ramp on the hood of my R8. If you guys have followed my channel for a while, you know that I had a, it was a... 2011 uh, V10 manual, beautiful spider. Lady backed up to it on a ramp and put a little dent just above the emblem. And I was furious, man. Uh, but it had to get fixed. Um, cost $26,000 for the insurance company to fix a little dent just above the emblem on an R8. But they, you know, they have to repaint everything. They got to change the hinges, the latches, the clips, and everything, you know, part of the headlight bezel, just minor, minor stuff. But it, like it got done. And I paid the $1,000 deductible because I wouldn't drive around in a nice car with a dent in it, but women all the time. And, you know, you can argue with me all you want, you know, it's true, but women all the time will drive around in a car. It's got dents, dings, you know, bumper damage, stuff like that, just because they don't really care. Right. Um, well, you know, like it is what it is, but in a stressful situation, women generally don't have it as together as a guy does just, just being honest. Right. I mean, they'll, they'll freak out, you know, like I've been camping, right. Um, I used to do work when I was 16 up in um, Northern Ontario for the Ministry of Natural Resources one summer. And if there was any women remotely around things like a bear or some like random animal or something, they'd freak out. Like, they, like they'd have like a meltdown, a spaz. Whereas guys are just like, yeah, whatever, you know, this is what you do. Put your hands up, look big, blah, 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 walk away sort of thing. It's like, you know, you're at the bear dump. You just kind of like make your way out. But they're not as rational as guys are. So that's really the argument that he's making. He's basically saying, you know, I'm not sexist for saying these things. I'm just saying, you know, facts that I'm observing, which I agree with. I mean, I, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's, it's, it's just being like, you know, real to the point is what it is, right? Um, all right, let's stop this one and we'll grab the next clip. Uh, okay, this is, a, this is actually an interesting one. So this is a clip where he's talking to a bunch of thoughts. Let me just, uh, hang on, pause this. Cause it's, cause it's talking about how men have all the power and the patriarchy and oppression, and all that sort of stuff. And this is one of the ones that really pisses people off. And by the way, if you're watching this still on my old channel at entrepreneurs and cars, the unplugged alpha podcast is on its own channel. I've dropped the link in the description. I've dropped it in the live chat. I'm going to kill the feed on the entrepreneurs and cars channel right now. So head over to TUA, the unplugged alpha on YouTube and subscribe there. And that's killed. Done. All right. Because I still get e like DMs and emails from people going like, where do I find your podcast? I can't find any more on the channel. No, 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 no. It's like, okay, well, I'll keep doing this until I stop getting those emails. <laughs> Maybe the <laughs> DMs and then it'll sink in. But it is what it is, right? So let's throw this one up. So this one is the um, Chrome tab uh, equality and equal rights one. So let's throw this up here. And let's get some volume. If you guys can't hear this, let me know in the chat, but I'm turning it right up, so you should be okay. Power. Women Hang on, license plane. Confuse this very often. They talk about the fact that men have all the power, men make all the money, men are in charge, and we oppress women. Let me make something very clear to you. Okay. Firstly, you're confusing 1% of men with all men. The majority of men have no money, no power, no sex from their wife, Facts. no fucking chance in court, 
They can't even keep their house. They won't get to see their kids. And they don't. So most men, their life sucks. So it's not wrong. Uh, like, this is the reality for most guys today in, you know, Western countries. They're, they're, their life generally does suck. And what he's describing is 100% true. But just listen to what he's diving into here. That's the first thing. The second thing, when a man gets up at four in the morning to go carry garbage to earn a good wage, he ain't thinking, I'm going to do this so I can oppress that bitch because she's broke. <laughs> He's doing it thinking so I can provide for my family so my woman can stay at home and raise my kids and have nice nails while I'm out here carrying trash. You go to a coal mine, those dudes are not down there thinking about oppressing women. They're down there thinking about providing for women. Now, I'm not saying... So, you know, there's a lot of arguments that from the wokish, you know, sort of crowd where they're all like, oh, you know, men are making... For every dollar a man earns, a woman makes like 75 cents or whatever. And it's like every single entrepreneur that you talk to be like, if that was the case, then I would only hire women. So it's truthfully not the case because their hiring practices don't reflect that narrative that women get paid less than uh, men. They, they just don't. I mean, the argument is moot because what ends up happening is women end up choosing jobs that generally pay less because they either work less hours or they don't require um, the same level of risk. Like, you know, a guy working at a coal mine is more risky than working in a, uh, in a children's nursery, you know, for example, like the worst that's going to happen is you're going to have to change a shitty diaper or a kid throws up on the floor, right? That's the worst. Whereas a coal mine, the whole thing can fucking collapse on your head. You can die, or you're going to end up with some respiratory, you know, disease and die at like 45 years old or something like that. You see what I'm saying? Right? So what he's saying is like factually and, and true about the reality of what most men take on. They're not trying to oppress women. They're actually trying to provide for their families. But, you know, there's this new narrative where it's like, you know, women think that serving a man at home is oppressive. So they'll go and get a degree, put it on a wall, frame it in mahogany with little letters after their name, and then go and work for a man and serve him instead. Right. It's like, where's the logic in that? Right. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. But anyway, we'll finish this off. Saying that there's not bad apples, but in general, us men are prepared to take on more bullshit to protect you than you would possibly believe. And in the, the modern world, they've spun that. Feminism spun that. Men make all the money. money. You women need more money because men make the money and men are in charge and men have the good jobs. Men are out here giving up their fucking life for you chicks. Because women confuse this very often. Yeah. So there's that one. It, it, it's like, you know, I mean, the thing is that people, men especially think that by making sacrifices for women um, that they're going to be appreciated. And the reality of the world is, is that men are never appreciated and loved in the way that they want to be appreciated and loved by women. There's, there's a whole Disney narrative that, you know, a lot of kids grew up on, especially in my you know generation era where it's like they got fed all this bullshit with Disney and castles and princesses. And, you know, you swoop in and you rescue her and she's going to love you forever and ever until kingdom come. But that's just that like segment of the movie. They don't actually show what living together and being married and having kids and then inviting the state in your household and family law and all those things can potentially do to that relationship over a long-term basis after the dude's been betatized through a thousand concessions and now, you know, loses frame and all these sorts of things that, you know, starts to happen. Um, there's no appreciation for the sacrifices that men make. They'll never appreciate the sacrifices that men make and don't expect them to. They just can't possibly see it because of solipsism. They just don't see past their noses. And that's why... We live in a world today where a guy like Andrew Tate, you know, can sit around with all these thoughts and make these statements and, you know, they might sort of nod and laugh at some of this. I mean, you know, we heard a few of them laughing at some of the statements that they, you know, that they, he made, 
but they're not going to change the lens in which they view the world. They're still going to go home after, you know, sitting beside them and, you know, presenting their arguments during the show or whatever, and still think themselves, well, I'm oppressed, you know, uh, I don't get paid enough, uh, you know, the patriarchy, blah, 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 sort of stuff. All these things are pretty common, you know, like narratives, right? Like it is what it is. All right. So let's pull this one out and uh, stop screen. You're making pretty good time here. Let's do the, the other one here. So this is, um, okay, so this one gets into, again, the differences between men and women, right? This is a very, very short 21-second clip, and he's, and he's using uh, the differences with promiscuity as a very good example with this one. Uh, so let's grab that, powerful men. So the difference between powerful men and powerful women. All right, let's play that. And volume up, boom. If I walk into a club and I fuck every girl in the club, I'm a powerful man. Right. If a woman walks into the club and every man wants her and not a single man can touch her, she's a right. powerful woman. If you flip the reverse, if I'm a man, I walk in and I can't fuck anything, I don't matter. And if the girl walks in and every dude in there is fucked or silly, right. then she ain't worth shit. If right. I walk into a club and I fuck every... All right, so that's the replace. So it's going to keep going. So, I mean, the stating that there's inherent differences between the value in men and women for some reason offends people, right? Like, look, men are success objects, women are beauty objects. They're always gonna be viewed that way. They've always been viewed that way throughout history. Women always gravitated to the highest value guys, guy or guys that they could get. And uh, men would take on, you know, these women when they expressed interest in them, as long as they were beauties that they were interested in. There's never been a time in history, even to this day, there's, there, there's, like even to this day, there is there is no guy that'll be like, oh yeah, look at the degree on her, check out that degree as she walks away. That's hot, sort of thing. They just don't, right? Guys don't do that. They're they're looking at her other assets, if you will. You see what I'm saying, right? So, you know, when it comes to the whole conversation around you know promiscuity, um, guys are generally disgusted by promiscuous women. Whereas women are not generally disgusted by promiscuous men. They may not like it. They may not be ideal for long-term mate selections if they want to raise a family, um, you know, because parental investment is something that they're going to be concerned with, right? Like they want the guy to stick around to help raise a kid and provide resources because that's what family law steps in and takes care of right now for, um, you know, women the way that's been written. But um like it's a fact of life like where's the lie again you know is anybody in the comments there telling me that there's a lie that we're dealing with here because i'm not seeing it yet so you know you guys let me know um all right let's take that one out that was a search so we've got the reality of marriage here okay so this is a marriage one let's do this one uh share share screen and chrome tab disadvantage of marriage yeah there we go like you know, it's 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 funny because these things are all over um, the internet, TikTok, um, you know, like YouTube. There's all these like dedicated channels um, that are decentralized all over the web right now um, that are that are putting out these sound bites and clips. But they're all affiliately linked back to like products that are being sold. But it, like, dude is a genius marketer when it comes to building uh, reach. You know, stuff like this. He's done, he's done probably a better job than anybody else out there that I've seen, myself included, if, you know, if your goal is getting to more people. Uh, okay, so let's pull up volume on this one and hit play. Are you going to get married ever? I'd never get married. Marriage. Why not? I don't see, I don't see the tactical advantage. 
if I decided to be loyal to a woman and be with her forever, that's fine. If I decide to have children with a woman, that's fine. If I decide to have a house with a woman and live with her, sure, possible. It's not optimal, but it's possible. But the idea of just getting married in and of itself is completely and utterly fruitless. I think it's for the woman. The women enjoy it. But women enjoy lots of things when they don't have to pay for it or organize anything. Sure, she used to show off on Instagram, organize nothing, waste all my money. And now the government's involved in a new area of my life I don't want the government involved. The government is already involved in when I register a car, all my money, bank accounts, when I get a job, when I buy a house, government's everywhere, right? Don't I just want to at least be able to walk around with my dick without the government being involved? Now, if I put my dick in another bitch, my wife can go and say, I have proof you put his dick in another bitch. Go to a lawyer, go to the government. He owes me this. That's adultery, automatic, this bunch of percent. The, 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 the. So now the government is watching my dick. Are you going to get married ever? Right. So I have an entire chapter in my um, book, guys. I, I know many of you have read it. If you haven't, it's on Amazon, The Unplugged Alpha, that deals specifically with uh, marriage. Um, I have a video on my, I think, Unplugged Alpha podcast in the last 90 days, perhaps. And I was talking about why I would never get married. Um, all the all the things that he state there are really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there's a lot more to it than just that. But again, that's offensive. This one here has... Uh, 5.2 million views um, on just one TikTok video. And there's probably like multiple clips of the exact same video on different parts of the internet as well. So, you know, the extra views that come out of that. But the point that I'm making is people get offended by stuff like this. Uh, I bet if we go to the comments, uh, true if he marries the wrong women. Okay. <laughs> Stupid comment, right? Because, you know, he's never been in real life. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure that we'll see something like, uh, you know, who, who hurt him or he's got a small pee, pee. Let's see if we get something. He's just afraid. Yeah. Uh, damn bro. Now I'm not going to get married. Uh, facts. So like the dudes are for the most part agreeing with it. Um, nobody cares says a happy marriage is one of the best things. Um, so I mean, you're going to get a lot from the opposite side, basically saying like, what's wrong with this guy? Uh, this one here says he's got commitment issues. Um, here, let's, let's look for the ones with the female avatars and it's playing again on my earphones. Uh, marriage is a bond to be legal, to be legally remain with one person forever. That means he doesn't want to be with one woman forever. No, I mean the argument that he's making and, and he's stating quite clearly, like I have no problem inviting a woman in my life and having children with her, right? He's stated that very, very clearly. He just doesn't want the government to get involved in his life. And the reason why women want marriage is because they have that extra security blanket because men play to win, women play not to lose in life, especially when it comes to stuff like this. So women know there's an advantage to inviting the state into their household uh, because everything in family law is written to protect her in case things don't work out, whether he decides to bounce on her and abandon the family or she decides to abandon the family, which is seven times out of 10, what happens? Like women initiate divorces, it's something like seven or eight times out of 10. Um, you know, men do it very, very rarely. Uh, lucky no woman wants to marry him, says Emma, right? So it's so it's a lot of women that are all here in the um, chat basically saying, you know, this guy's hurt, essentially. So let's take that out. Um, okay, here's another clip I found on the topic of marriage, which I think it's an older one because sitting in his 720 um because it hurts your feeling big facts which one is this okay because it hurts your feelings there we go audio tap okay here we go they grate on me and they piss me off but the ones when i say a few i mean a lot 
there are a lot of things which bother me. They grate on me and they piss me off. But the one that's probably up there that annoys me the most is she said yes. I fucking hate when men say that. Oh my God, she said yes. Why are you with a bitch that would say no? Why are you with a woman paying for her dinner, sleeping next to her every night, not fucking all these hoes, not cheating, behaving yourself, coming home, not hanging out with the boys. You're doing all this shit for that bitch. And you're not a thousand percent sure she would say yes. And you're sitting there going, I hope, I hope she says yes. And then if she does, you're happy. <laughs> Let me tell you something. There ain't a bitch alive. There ain't a bitch I fucked in the last 10 years who wouldn't say yes to me after getting fucked once. Fuck the relationship. I can sleep with any bitch out here one solitary time and say, we're going to get married. And you know what she's going to say? Okay. Yes. Of course she'll say yes. Why are you fuckers surprised? If a man is surprised or doubtful, she might say yes, or elated that he is lucky enough that she said yes to taking half of his stuff when they break up, then he is a pussy. I will never. Okay. So this is something that I've talked with my inner circle about privately. And it's like, you'll see it on social media often. She said, yes. Um, another one of my favorites is when it's like a birthday or it's mother's day or something like this. And the dude puts her up on a pedestal and he's like, Oh, she's my sun and my moon and my stars and my night and day and the best mother and wife and best friend and blah, blah, blah. And all sorts of stuff. And then you kind of, you know, cause she's always tagged and then you click through and then you see what, what's going on in her social and his is like him and her or him, her and the family or him, her and the kids sort of thing. And you click through on her and it's like an Instagram butt model pic sort of like that, you know, sort of thing. And it's like <laughs> the dude is like putting her up on a pedestal and there's no evidence that she even wants to acknowledge his existence. The same thing with the, he says, you know, like she said yes sort of narrative. Exactly what he's saying there is why would you want to deal with a woman that wouldn't say yes? Like, why are you celebrating that you're proposing to her and that she said yes. And it's like, she said yes in big, bold fonts. And I get it because, you know, we live in a feminized society. Women come first, the feminine comes first. And a lot of women run dudes. And it's like, as soon as they engage even, there'll be a email crafted that has to be edited for 48 hours. Um, you know, we have to make sure we got all the right, you know, people CC'd on it. So that it goes to the group, there's a photograph. Um, you know, like a retake of him proposing to her down on his knee sort of thing. And it's like, you know, the caption is, I said yes, or something like that. So this is very common today, right? And all the dudes really saying is like, why would you want to deal with a chick that wouldn't say yes, right? Like, what exactly is it that you're celebrating? So it's a fair point, right? I mean, like, again, where is the lie? Like, what is what is so controversial about that exactly is what I'm confused about. Uh, what is this one here? Uh, big facts. Oh, this is a single mom one. So let's play that one. Um, also have a chapter in my book on why guys should avoid that. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more. So big facts. Boom. Here we go. And where's volume? And they break up like Pull this up. Yes. I lived in Moscow for a while, right? Oh, you, in, in Russia, a woman with a child ain't going to get a dude. She ain't going to get a guy. So the reason they break up less, the reason the women stick by the men, the reason the women are more loyal is because five times she has that man's kid, her chance of leaving and dating somebody else is fucking zero. So unless, her, if her man's still basically paying the- I just noticed the amount of music that they play in the background on all these TikToks. It's pretty annoying. Bill's all right, he cheats, he does what he does, but he's home twice a week and the bill's paid. 
she ain't got nowhere else to fucking go because the idea of being a single mother and getting a man in my place like russia is zero you come here to america and it's just like oh yeah you're right you should take him to school that i don't owe that motherfucking nothing so so i mean the point he's making basically is here in the west north america canada england you know for example united states they'll celebrate you you'll get the government will take care of you if um, you have a dude's kid and he's fairly well off. The family law system will make sure that you've got plenty of his financial resources to take care of things. They won't guarantee the father can have access to the kid or even spend much time with him, but they'll guarantee that his financial resources do go to her. And you know, the point that he's making is in other parts of the world, um, Russia, I would imagine like Asia, China, Japan, Africa, probably. Um you know, they're not celebrated. Like single motherhood is not celebrated the way that it is in the West. And like I've, you know, I've said from my own personal experience, why would you want to get involved? Why would you want to invite that in your life? But let's, but let's keep playing this through. He ain't mine. Right? No. Like, like I might walk in the house and say, tap the little G, say, go fuck his mom and leave. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. Strollers, yeah. My man can run around and impregnate four bitches, and then some other dudes come along taking his fucking kids to school. And then, like, you know what I'm saying? I ain't that guy. No, neither am I. So you, you feel me? No, neither am I. Yo, it, it, it's plague me, and then you know what? You're gonna get shamed with the term of you got a little dick energy. Oh, bro, listen, and you, dude, you have a little dick energy. You don't have confidence. Confidence now, they're rebranding it. They're rebranding it to be. I just want to scroll down and see what's uh it's like playing another guy's story on save mode we've seen that one a thousand times if you've been around the space lewis says nigeria is like that too uh this dude says i tried it ain't worth it. the kids uh amazing mom's just too much trauma uh this chick over here says i bet mothers of this guys who are talking a very are very proud of she can't even use proper grammar dude says he ain't wrong uh unfortunately he don't have to but if he do it should be very much appreciated should be very much iran is like that too facts 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 yeah you know it's always you know it's always the standard sort of stuff right i mean like what's in it for the guy right like what is the benefit to that um here, I'm going to grab the join link for you guys because I know some of you are like salivating to come in and have a conversation on this. Um, copy the invite link and let's put it on. Uh, so again, if you guys are watching this somewhere else on the interwebs, uh, head over to the Unplugged Alpha YouTube channel, subscribe there, hit the like button. We've got just over 200 likes and way more than that people watching. Come on, guys. Uh, like it costs nothing. Hit the like button. Get get the likes up for the algorithms. Come on. Um, come on in and ask a question. And that's only going to be pinned on the YouTube channel for the Employee Alpha. That's a StreamYard link. Uh, so make sure you got a good internet connection, ideally headphones, or you're in an area where you're not going to get feedback and screw up my stream. You know what I'm saying? Um, okay. What's the next one we got here? I've got three more and then we'll get to the Q and A stuff. All right. So we got, um, this one here with, uh, I can't remember what this podcast was called. It was like the, whatever the, the city boys or something like that. Again, it was hilarious. Um, dude's funny as hell. I, I would, I would totally sit down and have a drink with this guy. Like he's, he's, he's funny as hell. I mean, I've talked to him privately offline a lot more than I've done, um, air, air broadcast with Andrew. I think he's a cool guy. It's just like, you know, 
he rubs people the wrong way because he's bombastic. He's loud. You know, he says, you know, he says shit that hurts people's feelings, obviously. All right. So let's turn up the volume here. And this is, I guess we're talking about promise. So would you be with one. me if I'd slept with over 50 men? Oh, I remember this one. I'm a high value woman, right? <laughs> you said it yourself. How can you be high value? 50 men have I've just been single for a long time. Oh, unacceptable. Why is it unacceptable? A body count is probably the number one most easiest way to judge the value of a female. So would you be with me? Yeah. Um, what is it on my red flag list? Number 11, big notch counts. Um, statistically speaking, because I, I mean, generally speaking, most guys that I talk to when they want to deal with women, they're want to deal with them like not just for like a one night stand. It's like kind of like they want to deal with a woman on a long term basis. They either want to have kids, they want to get married, they want to be in a relationship, whatever it happens to be. But all the predictors of anything good on a long term basis go right down the toilet when her notch count goes up. Her notch count goes up. The the all the indicators say this is going to go south quickly lower probability of her being able to pair bond to you, higher probability of divorce, uh, divorce, rape, taking your kids, um, depression, single motherhood, abortions. Like you can go right down the list, right? And this isn't me saying this. This is facts. This is this is university studies that have been completed uh, studying the habits of human promiscuity. Um, and then the argument that people make is, well, you know, if men do it too, blah, 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 sort of thing. And it's like, you know, the fact of the matter is it doesn't affect men the same way that it affects women. Let's see what they're saying in the, the comments here. Uh, <laughs> cats have nine lives. Her one life is dead. Um, a chick says, by that logic, he's also not high value. Again, you know, like what's good for the goose is good for the gander, right? Like, you know, this is, this is very, very common um, narratives today where... You know, women are like, well, if guys can do it, then women can too. And it's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want today. You know, you've got, in fact, more rights than men, right? Um, facts, right? You know, you've got more rights than men today. So one of the uh, cl clips that I came across, I'm not sure if I have it here in the next two that are left over. I think the last two are on depression. Um, was something along the lines of, um, you know, uh, well, I'll get into it when I get into the depression action ones. So I'll save it for that. But um, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of people that are still saying like, you know, like, well, women can do it too. And it's like, yeah, you can, but you're going to probably ruin yourself at the end of the day. You're not going to be able to pair bond to a guy. You're a lousy choice for a guy uh, to invite into your life if they want to raise a family and have kids, especially with the hostile family law. Because what usually ends up happening is these women will just run through a whole bunch of guys and they'll get to like 30 and they'll be like, okay, the clock's ticking. I got to start, you know, pounding out some kids now. So I'm going to find God and, you know, get, get right with everything and find a good guy and no high, high value alpha male that, you know, she was interested in the past wants anything to do with her. So she finds some like fairly successful beta guy that she's not that attracted to. And I can't tell you how many conversations I've had now with both men and women telling me either themselves or they know somebody personally that they're in a sexless marriage. Right. And it's not because he doesn't want to bang her. It's because she doesn't want to want to touch him. And they've already got a kid or two or three or something like that. Or, you know, maybe like another one on the way sort of thing. And he gets so pissed off that he ends up like, you know, either going outside of the marriage or leaving uh, ultimatum on it. And then he gets blamed for everything. Right. Because he doesn't have the patience for it. But the fact of the matter is, is she was so enthusiastic in her 20s with all the other alpha dudes 
that she got stuck with this loser, let's just call him, uh, because he was good enough and he was wealthy. And then she figures out, oh, wait, you know, family law is going to be good to me if I take the kids and run because he's he makes a lot of money. He works, you know, he's owns a business or he's whatever, CFO, CTO, something like that. And then, you know, the money just kind of flows to her. And then she goes and finds those alpha dudes again. She goes back to her party years again in her, you know, her mid to late 30s. So what he's stating is, you know, complete facts, right? I mean, like a woman with a high notch count is not valuable to a man. Men are inherently disgusted by women that have been with a lot of guys. Facts of life. I mean, it's why, you know, for thousands of years, uh, you know, virginity was so highly valued, right? I mean, I was looking at some stats about a week ago because I'm because I'm working on my next book. I'm just, you know, going through all the chapters and I'm adding some more of the uh, stuff that I need to talk about. And there was this one, um, you know, piece of data that I came across. So I was born in the 70s, and in the 70s, the chance of you marrying a virgin was somewhere in the 20% range, like 20, 25%, you know, something, you know, something like that. It would have been a lot higher back in the 30s or 40s or something like that, but they didn't appear to collect the data then because it was kind of just a given, you know, I would imagine. But today, the chance of you marrying a virgin are less than like 3%. Like in 2022, the chances of you marrying a virgin are, 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 are that low. Like it's like, you know, we've gone from, it was, it was common um, in my grandparents era to it's very, very uncommon today. Right. So anyway, you know, it's a fact of life is what it is. So let's pull that out and we'll do the last two here, which I think are on depression. So he gets, uh, hammered on that for, uh, so this is destroys oldest Fortnite player, which I think is kind of funny actually. So let's share this one, share screen, Chrome tab. Um, that like, you know, in some cases, the jokes write themselves. Um, I don't know if you can see this guy here. Let's go bigger on the screen here. I don't know if you can see this dude that he's going to talk to over here. Uh, but he says, I am the oldest pro Fortnite player indeed. And he's sitting there um, looking like your typical, like, soy avatar. Uh, pink hair. Anyway, so let's just play it. Check it out. Player indeed. And, and dude, I have nothing personal against you, Andrew. Let's pull it back so here. Sorry. I I am the oldest pro Fortnite player indeed. And and dude, I have nothing personal against you, Andrew, but like you're a bitch, though. some of your philosophy, I don't think you're a bitch. I think you're a water boy. Don't you switch know, up. For water boy for patriarchy and, and capitalism and whatnot, right? And sort of regressive ideas about manhood. And uh, which is why the teenage audience I, I just I just want to pause this for a sec. A guy with pink hair. Okay, is lecturing a kickboxing champion on masculinity. Like, again, you know, sometimes the jokes just write themselves, man. You just have to sit back and like pause the screen and have a laugh. Audience like consumes it so much, you know? You got these young boys that are like grappling with feelings of powerlessness, and you come in and offer them like how to be a man, but you're just, you're so off base, bro. It's, it's like, it's tragic, really. So, you think that I am inspiring the youth of today, the masculine youth of today, to become men, and you think that's a negative thing? Why? Why? No, I-, I don't. I don't think you're inspiring them to become men because, like, real men are in touch with their emotions and their vulnerability, and don't need to be like wielding and taking power. Does this dude not have a mirror in his house that he looks at every morning? Uh, like, I just don't understand this, man. It just doesn't make any sense. Real men are self-aware. Yeah, I've let you talk. Now it's my turn. This whole patriarchy bullshit you're saying that are outdated ideas of masculinity. Yeah. 
idea of patriarchy is not an outdated idea of masculinity. Perhaps in the West, in a declining empire, as we've already discussed on this stream, in an empire which is in absolute decline, you can have men who sit here and think there's absolutely nothing necessary about masculinity in the modern world, and that you don't need to be strong or brave or any of these things. You can sit around and cry and you're still a man. That is not true in most places on the planet. In most places on the planet, men need to be capable and competent because if they don't, they do not survive. And I'll tell you something now, sir. I'll tell you something else now. You will sit here and talk of all, talk right now about the patriarchy and how you can be in touch with your feelings and all this bullshit. The second you're physically assaulted or physically threatened, the first thing you do is you call a toxically masculine police officer to turn up with a weapon to protect you because you cannot protect yourself. You are not against the idea of masculine power. You're not against the idea of men who have masculine imperatives to defense. All you've done is outsource it to someone else to do at the end of a phone call because you're too scared to do it yourself. So you're fucking yeah. lying. You're lying. No, that's, that's absolutely correct. You don't want to do them yourself, and you hope everyone else does them for you so you can sit around and play fucking video games. So, checkmate, right? I mean, um, comments. Who's who's the woman with the pink hair? Uh, dude lost me when he said he was a Fortnite pro, right? I mean, like, again, you know, sometimes the jokes just write themselves, but it's like the idea that somebody like this I guess it's on Twitch. Uh, I don't know, Twitch or whatever that streaming platform is, you know, for the gamers, you know, sort of thing is a big, uh, big popular area. And, you know, these guys just found him because of some of the clips that, uh, you know, they picked up on from the TikToks and they invited him on the stream. And it's like, you know, look at the face of the kid on the bottom who's the young one. And he's like watching Tate destroy the pink haired uh, Western male. Uh, who's basically saying that men need to get in touch with their emotions. It's like the notions that are being sold as widely accepted today of just tune into your emotions, bro. You know, like you're, you're, you're serving guys the wrong way, bro, with my pink hair. Like dude's about the same age as me playing Fortnite professionally, lecturing on masculinity to a guy that, can beat the living crap out of pretty like I want to see the fight between uh Jake Paul or whoever Paul is going to fight him when you, you know like take called him out a couple of years ago and from what I'm in, and from what I understand like one or two of the Paul brothers have accepted I want to see that fight go down I think that would be interesting listening to this conversation between him and the pink haired dude not that interesting it's like you know like there's no argument like you would just literally need to just shut up, and not say anything, and just be like, "Okay, talk," you know, because you're just really just proving my point. Um, all right, last one, and then we'll get to some of the call-ins. Again, the link for the call-ins is pinned in the uh, Unplugged Alpha stream, so it's free to call in. We'll talk about whatever you guys want, right? Um, Chrome tab, and let's do depression is not real. So let's talk. Let's talk about depression because. I know he's been uh, crucified for this one I for years now. Said this depression thing wasn't real. Do you know how many people stuck up for depression? You don't understand. I'm depressed. Sorry, I just want to make sure the volume's loud enough. You guys can hear it. Let me back it up. And you know what's crazy? When I said this depression thing wasn't real, do you know how many people stuck up for depression? You don't understand. I'm depressed. Depression's real. I was like, if it's so horrible, why are you defending it? You sound like it's PRT. I thought it was ruining your life, but you are desperate for me to believe it. You want me to believe in it. You're sticking up for it. You're defending depression. Yeah. Trying to convince me it's real because it's your sure all excuse for failure. When you're depressed, you can fail in every human metric. I fail at everything, but I'm depressed. It's not my fault. No, you're a failure. That's all you are. You're not all right. So 
let's see what the comments say here. Do you just cure me? This actually makes sense. It's real, but no excuse. So people get really pissed off when you start saying that depression ain't real. Um, I believe it's a misalignment with your expectations. Like if you have an expectation that isn't met and you don't get what you want, that's when people start to play like the victim card, depression, oh, my fifis are hurt, sort of stuff like that. And when it comes to society and humanity, I, look, I get it. There's roads, we have electricity, we're streaming this and we can interact and I can click people in and I can talk to somebody on the other side of the world. We have technology today. It's, you know, it's cool shit. Awesome. But at the end of the day, we're still just meatballs. Like we're, we're, we're meat covered skeletons on a rock flying around a nuclear exploding fucking thing in the middle of the universe. Right. And if you think that we're that much different from the animal kingdom, because we have cell phones and screens and you know, stuff like that, you're sadly mistaken. Take a look around the animal kingdom and you tell me if animals get depressed, you tell me if a lion gets sad because he hasn't eaten in a couple of days. No, the lion's like, I'm hungry. I don't eat grass. I'm not going to lower my standards. So I'm going to go find something to eat or I'm going to die. Right. And, you know, that would weed out the weak. But now we live in a society today where we embrace weakness, you know, where we embrace victimhood. And, you know, uh, like, look, guys, there's going to be an entire chapter in my next book that's that's going to deal with the consequences of of the choices that have been made in society. I'm not going to get into specific details in this cast. I'm just going to leave it for the book. But the consequences that we're going to be dealing with and are dealing with right now because of what the global elites, you know, have been leading people to believe and lie to us about in the mainstream media. It's a fact of life. We're a lot weaker than our grandparents were. We know for a fact that men's testosterone levels are in the toilet because they can tell based on things like bone length of index finger to middle finger. Um, when they excavate from dig sites, they can tell by uh, bone structure in the jawline because skeleton, you know, skeletons, they don't, dissolved. They're always there, right? So they can tell what testosterone levels were, you know, with a 500-year-old skeleton, with a 1,000-year-old skeleton, with a 5,000-year-old skeleton. They can tell. And today they're much, much lower than what they were in the past. And I'm telling you, we've, we've become weaker as a species on this planet. He's saying, you know, depression is not real. It's real. Like, like people that say that they're depressed, they actually think that they're depressed. But the point that I believe that he's making here, you know, like realistically is if you point back to the animal kingdom, I've, you won't see a depressed lion. You won't see a depressed gazelle. You'll see an alive gazelle or a dead one. You'll see an alive lion or a dead one. You'll see one sleeping. You'll see one chasing another animal. Like this is how the animal kingdom works. They don't have time to sit around and be like, oh, I'm depressed. I don't like the taste of this grass over here. Or when I was at the watering hole, that alligator looked at Bob the wrong way. And, uh, you know, I think he might've been racist because, you know, he didn't, he, you know, he didn't take a nibble at Bob, but he went for Becky instead sort of thing. Like they don't do that. We only do that in society as human beings, which is weird. Right. So, I mean, it's like saying depression isn't, isn't real. What's really happening is people think that their experience is depression and that it is real, but truth of the matter is it's manufactured, man. That's why it ain't real. All right, we got a bunch of people waiting to um, hop in and chime in tonight, ask questions. Maybe it's on some of the stuff that I presented. Let's get into this and see what you guys got. Uh, the link 
for StreamYard is pinned there. Let me just scroll up because I think there was some comments or super chats. Oh yeah, there's always one of these dipshits, right? Wrench, wrench. Are you jealous of Top G? No, I'm not jealous of Top G. <laughs> Fucking dipshits. Um, that was it. Okay, so do you think the guy wears? Do you think he's the guy that wears his sunglasses inside a bar at night? That's a big changer. If so, um, I don't know. Probably. I mean, you know, it's cool guy stuff. Like it's like it's part of the character caricature, right? Like. You know, when you develop a look, like, you know, I had this conversation with, um, I don't know who it was, a friend of mine a month or so ago, and we're talking about, you know, the beard and stuff. And it's like, you know, would you ever get rid of the beard? I'm like, it's kind of part of the brand now, right? Like, it's the bald head with the beard with the glasses sort of thing. You know, the fast cars, like, that's me. Like, that's what I do. Um, you know, you change that look, then people are going to have a hard time sort of, you know, identifying with a brand and recognizing the sort of things that you talk about. It's the same thing with Andrew, Right. He's got a shaved head. He's got the glasses. He's got the shirt open, you know, usually halfway down sort of thing. That's his style. Very shouty. He's got the British American accent, um, you know, says things that everybody else is for the most part thinking, but are going to disagree with just because of the delivery, right? It is what it is. It's, you know, it's part of the, um, again, I mean, I've seen him in some videos sort of, sort of break character a little bit. Um, and I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be like shouty and like all, like that when you'd sit down and have some drinks or dinner with him like i mean you know from what i can tell he seems like a cool dude i mean like i said go watch the tom segura uh podcast uh your mom's house he sat down with tom and tom's wife it was like two hours it's hilarious um it's 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 better than stand-up comedy right like i recommend it that much like that's how funny it is right okay am i eating steak Steven says, Rich, how can I book private one-on-one? You're, look, my private one-on-one rates are high. So like I do these podcasts and I invite people to call in. It's free. I do it every Monday night at 8 p.m. It doesn't cost you a dime. It's open to anybody. You can talk about whatever you want. Even if you want to challenge something that I've said, bring it on. You know, let's, you know, let's chop it up sort of thing. But if you want private consults, you'll find it on my about page of the YouTube channel. You can book a call there. There's a link for that. All right, let's see what we got here. We got, uh, let's hit George um, first, and then we'll start taking a few of the others here. So let me switch this over. George, what's up, buddy? I don't know much. Uh, just another night. Um, you know, thank you. Uh, so when I saw the subject, I, I, I've not known, I've not, no, I don't know Andrew Tate. I've never met him, but uh, um, I've not really seen much of his stuff until about two weeks ago. He started becoming, I think he started becoming quite popular uh, at yeah. that point. And uh, I, I think one of the, re- I think what's a little bit different about him is, now I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a doctor, I'm, I'm a pilot, not a, not a doctor at all, but he does strike me as someone who is very high, not necessarily a psychopath, but someone who is quite high on the PCLR test. Um, PCLR test is, um, it's, it's 40 points that, um, that 20, 20 items, either zero point if it doesn't apply to you, one point if it kind of does, and two points if it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, 30 out of 40 points would be a clinical diagnosis of psych- psychopathy. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't. But I mean, like, you'd have to be a bit of a psychopath to get into a ring and fight another man, though, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, it has its uses. Right. It, it ha- right. The lack of fear has its uses and things like that. I mean, um, but I don't think he has a lack of fear. Speaks- I don't think he's got a lack of fear. Like, I think he genuinely mm-hmm. understands fear. But the impression that I get mm-hmm. is like 
in the face of fear, I'm going to confront it and I'm going to deal with it. Right. Like knives are scary. Okay. Like if somebody comes like that, like I'm more afraid of a knife than I am of a gun, a a gun I can Mm. take out of somebody's hand. I know how to do that. A knife is different game. Right. So there's certain things which are dangerous when you confront them. And yeah, you would, you would be insane not to be fearful. And the feeling that I get from the conversations that I've had with him privately and, you know, the stuff that I've talked with him on the prior podcast is he genuinely has a fear for certain thing, but he logically approaches it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that, that ability to sort of switch that off is, is something that, um, uh, that is common. Psychopath. I'm not calling him a psychopath, by the way. I'm, I'm just mm. saying that the, the characteristics which I see in, in some of his stuff gives him the charisma, the, the abilities, the, the, the sort of successful uh, parts of, of psychopathy. But mm. um, I, again, you know, he, he's a successful businessman. Uh, one of the things he does, and probably, I don't know if, it, if, I don't know if what he's saying is true, but some of the things he admits to on podcasts are clearly illegal. Um, and, Such as what? Um, well, so... Like speeding? Uh, if you are... Bribing you police for speeding? On a camera. Yeah. Oh, t- oh speeding. I mean, that, that's more sort of like misdemeanor stuff. But I mean, if you, if you have... If you're the one talking... Like what, what he talks about with the cam girls things, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, that could possibly be interpreted as fraud because why is it fraud because money is changing hand right so um now i don't know how true what he's talking about is and i don't know exactly what the laws are exactly where and whatnot uh-huh. but that's still you know taking money off of people under under pretty iffy uh, why is it fraudulent man it's a service you know he's like 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 simping um, is part of the economy now um, it never really yeah, has been for quite a long time, but now it's part of the economy because there's oh, a lot of guys that are getting none. And the only way they can get some yeah. is either to watch pornography or to sign up for an OnlyFans or to go to a cam girl site. And, yeah. you know, they want that attention um, and they're willing the, the to pay for that, it. The thing that's, so it's a business like anything else. Yeah, the like, thing that struck me with, yeah, I, I understand. It's I, not a business that I'd want to get into. Like, oh, no, I mean, me neither. I'm not interested in it. But, so I'm just confused. Like, what's your point? Like, I'm like, like, I'm just trying to get to the point because the, the chat's like, yawn and pull the plug yeah. on this one. So I need you to get to the point. Yeah, the, the, the point I'm making is, is like, he's who are falling in love with the characters that he's creating and they're not real. Well, they you may know, or may not be real. Not, I mean, maybe. how would you know? Well, they're not real. It's him talking on a keyboard, not not the woman. But um, the, the other, the other, so yeah, I mean, you've got the, um, you've got the, uh, sort of traits, some of the dark triad traits there that are very charismatic and they, they work in uh, benefit him to make him popular. Uh, mm. But um, I, I just don't, I just don't, I mean, I know he owns casinos and things like that. Now, being financially independent of, of the economy and being like unable to phone his boss and get him fired, that, that's going to give him a confidence that, that, you know, a guy like me just doesn't have I work for people. So um, I'm not uh, sure what your point uh, is, George. You're like losing me and you're losing my audience, man. Like you're going to have to get to a point here. Well, uh, I mean, there's a a lot of, a lot of points. Like, so he, he, he obviously, he's pretty untouchable, which is why he's anti-fragile, which annoy people. He knows them, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's anti-fragile, anti-fragile. And I mean, our, our society is sort of, it protected women for so long, for how long, but, Certainly, in my childhood, 
mm-hmm. women do not get negative feedback. And if you don't get negative feedback, you're absolutely not going to um, improve and you're going to be continuing things like that, that are very self-destructive and destructive to other people. So as, as little okay, but, kids, little okay, but boys, George, you're kids, saying a lot of words here, but you're not getting to the point. Like what, like what is destructive? Like, that's what I'm trying to understand here. Um, well, you know, um, so for, for example, like I'm, I'm a pilot. I can, I can speak to the pilot thing that he was saying about, like, he doesn't trust female pilots. Okay. Yeah. yeah. One of the most difficult things in, in teaching, um, a girl in, in the first couple hours is don't take the criticism personally, right? You, we, the airplanes are not fitting at all. They don't fit you at all. They, if you crash, you, you're done. You've got no no second chance. So mm. You have to get it right the first time. Mm. And men, little kids, little boys grow up into men and they generally get criticism their whole life and they, they understand it and they understand, yeah, it sucks. It feels crap. It's- okay, bro, I got to let you go, man. Sorry. Sorry, man. There's just too many people in the comments that are like, I'm lost. What are you saying? It's just going nowhere, dude. Sorry, man. You got to go. You got to go. Guys, you got to get to the point, okay? Um, I I need to grab a quick drink. So while I'm doing that, I'm just going to run the ad reel uh, for the insert. So just pay a few bills and take care of uh, the supplement line notification. I'll be right back in two minutes. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplement Line, Grandike Soap Company, and Chad's Face Scrub. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplement Line. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients and unlike cheap supplements from China and plastic bottles, mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics in your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is an easily digested bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by their various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or just use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Men, I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical Soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine-lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Gentlemen, my go-to face scrub to keep this manly face clean and clear is Chad's. Again, it's incredibly important to me to only use products with all natural ingredients without nasty chemicals that disrupt male hormone levels or convert to estrogen in your body. And unlike watery scrubs that slip between your fingers, this thick face scrub with black lava sand gives you powerful results in one go. Visit getchads.com and you'll be redirected to the Amazon store you'll get 10% off when you use coupon code getchads10. You can find all the links I've just mentioned pinned below in the top YouTube comment. If you wanna learn more about why I endorse these natural products to my audience, search on my YouTube channel for an episode I did with Dr. Anthony J titled, Playing to Win Number 21, How Estrogenics Make You Fat, Sick, and Infertile with Dr. Anthony J. Let's get on with the show. 
All right, let's get on with the show. Hopefully some of the other call-ins will make more sense. Let's get some of these super chats. CB says his shades are not only aesthetic, Tata's eye damage from a detached retina, which makes him sensitive to light from kickboxing. Okay. Josh says, Tate says he wears glasses inside because, yeah, okay, we covered that. Uh, I mean, I've seen him in lots of videos where he's not wearing glasses too, but I mean, honestly, like in bright lights, if you're in a studio, I'd probably wear sunglasses too because the fucking lights are annoying. Uh, Ben says, I just started using Grondike soap. It's top notch. Yeah, it's, it's good shit guys. I've been using it for years. Um, so over my shoulder here, it's, you know, you can check out the links as well. It was just in that ad reel. Uh, did you know, Matt? Hey Coop, have you contemplated where you go? If, when you leave Canada, any plans on the great reset, you will own nothing thoughts cheer. Yeah. I've talked about this before in a video called the great reset four or five months ago in the playing to win uh, series on the entrepreneurs and cars, YouTube channel. You can go check it out over there. Um, no updates, um, since then I'll look, if you want to chop it up and you want updates, I talk to the guys in my community way before I talk about anything publicly. Um, you know, is what it is, right? Okay. Um, to, 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 let's see what Bob's got for us over here. We got Bob in the house. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rich. I've been listening to your, uh, videos, um, quite a bit lately. I just got onto them about a month and a half ago. So thanks okay, for the cool. content. Um, all right. All right. Anyway, I wanted to touch on um, how you were saying, like in the animal kingdom, you know, depression doesn't exist. And because um, about a year ago, I started getting divorced and, uh, you know, therapist and everybody's like, oh, he's got depression. And it's just like, I don't know, it was it was dealing with that at first. And then, like, once I learned the mindset part and change my mindset I was just like it's not a it's not a diagnosis it's just a way of being stuck in a certain mindset it's just a shitty time in your life man it's like you know okay that's that's fine you know we all get them it's you know get up in the morning and grind again you know you've you make some stupid choices and sometimes bad shit happens um lion will chase an animal and trip and fall and maybe cut its foot you know not not get the kill you know its feelings get hurt does it? Does it really? Or does it just get back up and say, you know what? I'm tired. I'm going to take a nap under that tree over there. I'm going to try again later on, right? Like that's generally what the animal kingdom does. But I think that in society today, we're, we're way too quick to like embrace the victim mindset. And the victim mindset is a loser's mindset. Um, people that get stuck in a cycle of, of constantly losing in life, I stay away from them. I keep them at arm's length. I will not like, I don't even care if it's a family member, man. I just won't deal with them on a long-term basis, right? Arm's length, right? You know, like if you just want to keep losing in life then that's fine, I'm about winning and I want to surround myself with winners. So yeah, absolutely. You know, like shit's going to happen to you. Divorce happens, bad financial, you know, choices happen. Uh, you know, you lose money, you get your heart broken, you know, chick cheats on you, whatever, you know, like, like bad shit happens. You know, you're a man is basically what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you have the burden of performance. Just get it done. See what I'm saying? Definitely. All right. Thanks for chiming in, Bob. Um, Chris is in the chat saying I kick my mom out of my life because of her victim mindset. Hey, look, guys. You know, just because you share DNA with somebody doesn't mean that you owe them much on a long-term basis. You know, if we're being honest. Uh, to do okay. So let's see. What we got here. We got Brian who says, I'm also a pilot and at my level, I find it to be a lot more forgiving than people think. So Brian, what do you got for me, buddy? 
Uh, yeah, your uh, your last buddy that was chiming in there about being a pilot. Yeah, uh, I always find it funny when people talk about how dramatic it is. Uh, I actually train other pilots to fly large private jets. Mm-hmm. You'd be amazed at the kind of people you can train to do that job. It's actually pretty straightforward. Um, interesting fact. Women actually tend to make better airline pilots, in my experience, and men tend that? to make well at the airline level. Mm-hmm. You've got so many procedures and so many, yeah, everything's like thought out though. for you. It's like you do it this way, show up to work and do it this way, monkey, and we'll give you a banana. Mm-hmm. If you do it another way, we're going to question everything that you did around it mm. in private flying. It's more like, here's the keys to an expensive jet, buddy. Go and don't crash it and don't kill anybody. Mm-hmm. And men, in my experience, tend to do better in that in that realm because you might have to explain to a very affluent individual why you can't go flying into somewhere that they paid probably tens of thousands of dollars to fly into. Mm-hmm. So dealing with that. Um, what about like under stress? Um, I mean, have you noticed that women and men, and hey, you know, this is a public video, so everybody yeah. in the world is going to see this potentially, but do men and women deal with s- stressful situations when it comes to flying the same way? I would say once you get to the professional level, everybody kind of deals with it about the same way because a normal individual that's functioning on a normal psychological, um, in a normal psychological way, is going to revert back to their lowest or their lowest level of performance and highest level of training. Mm-hmm. And again, with the airline stuff, it's down to a script. If I say jump, you say how high. If you say how high, I say ten feet. And mm-hmm. and it's literally choreographed down to the word at the airline level. In the private side, it's a lot less uh, scripted. It's a lot less set. It's more like, hey, it's your turn to be the captain, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, hey. Get the landing gear for me. What, what's, what's the percentage of pilots that are men versus women? Oh, it's way higher still. And that's one thing. I think that video where uh, Andrew Tate was referring to uh, the women pilots, maybe there was a thing that came out, a meme a couple of years ago, maybe a little over a year ago, mm-hmm. where it talked about, you know, the percentage of pilots. And then there was that other thing where, you know, um, United here in the United States had made an effort to increase their or publicly said they were increasing their number of female pilots. I mean, there's really no issue with that. There's a standard uh, number of hours, amount of experience in large jets, amount of experience as a captain that somebody has to have when they mm-hmm. get that job. And there's also a very specific set of training that everybody goes through and everybody has to go through that same training. Mm-hmm. So everybody performs at the same level. Um, I just find that in certain kinds of operations, women tend to do it a little better because again, you know, when it's show up and do it exactly this way, I find that the the women pilots tend to do that a little better. And this is nothing I haven't said to other people before in a lot of other um forums so i have no problem with it being public really Mm, okay um and i I just find that men you know we've got our brains work different you know we go a little more with the monkey brain sometime and women can be a a little more just on the path right and and plugging away doing it the way they're supposed to but 
the way that most professional aviation is set up, whether it's private or commercial now, there's so many uh, catch-alls in place because we can entrap errors. We, we collect data. We know how far down the runway it was before you touched down. We know mm -hmm. if you were too close to the ground when you turn, and we use all that data, and we make better pilots. So um, that kind of triggered me a little bit when he was like, it's very unforgiving. It's unforgiving for somebody that's stupid and reckless. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's like riding a motorcycle. So, I mean, like what you're saying is you feel just as comfortable sitting in a passenger seat of a plane with a male pilot or a female pilot. All the same. We all went through the same training. Doesn't matter we as long as you're certified. Yeah. Yep. And, and I've had, I mean, I've had different scenarios too. I've had scenarios where I had a, a male pilot that was really timid and I've had a female pilot that was really timid, mm. uh, both as the first officer and as the captain. And mm. then I've had a female, like one of my last emergencies was I don't actively line fly anymore. Um, uh, I was on your show a few months back. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> You're like a major league batting coach, by the way. I'm glad say, I was helpful. <laughs> you say, keep your eye on the ball. And it's like, oh, that's why we do that. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, anyway, the um, the medical situation I had took me out of flying. That's how I became an instructor and, and mm -hmm. trained people in simulators now. Okay. Um, but the one of the last emergencies I had was a medical emergency and the first officer that was with me former black hawk pilot freaking amazing amazing first officer you know she was i didn't have to tell her what to do i didn't i just said you know what i got the plane i'll talk to these people over here and get us into the airport as quick as we can talk to the flight attendants in the back and coordinate make sure this lady's taken care of and we'll get this thing on the ground as quick as possible worked as a team it worked out great and i've had male first officers where I'm like, you know, what the hell are you doing? You know, like I go off cause we'll split split frequencies and stuff like that. We might talk to different people at different times and I come back and you know, it's, it's like that, uh, like that scene out of the movie vacation where he walks off the flight deck for a few minutes and you know, they go bouncing off the ceiling and stuff because, uh, he took his eyes off this old ass pilot for a long, a, a couple of minutes anyway. All right. Brian, I'm gonna let you go. Thanks for chiming in. Appreciate the uh, feedback, man. Hey, thank you, man. Take Thanks, brother. Yeah. So, Andrew, there you go. Women pilots are just as good as men pilots, according to an instructor. Um, Jesse, let's see what Jesse's got for us here tonight. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rich. So often you talk about how you know watching sports is a waste of time. You're you're essentially watching another man chase excellence. You know, you mm -hmm. think it's ridiculous how you're wearing another man's last name on your shirt. Mm -hmm. And also, I think the same can be said for, you know, video games. I used to play them a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was funny how, you know, we we're talking about Fortnite earlier. And I think the same can be said with movies. Ultimately, there are all a waste of time when you should be chasing excellence. But they're in the mainstream so often that when you go to social events, this stuff is all people are talking about. So how do you handle yourself in social situations where, you know, sports, video games are everyone's talking about them and you don't know anything about them because you're chasing. I just look at them and I just say, yeah, I don't watch sports. It, it's, it's, it's funny because I look like the kind of guy that everybody wants on their hockey team. Like growing up, whenever I would go into a new like social environment where there was dudes and in mm -hmm. Canada, like where I live, a lot of guys play uh, hockey, like even like recreationally, like, like they'll watch it or they'll even play it. And it's like, Rich, you know, you look like you play hockey. You want to come and join our team sort of thing. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't play sports. I don't watch sports. And I don't play it. Or they'll start talking to me about like the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. 
That's all I do. I, it's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't watch sports. And they have a look on their face briefly for like, well, what's wrong with you? And it's like, yeah, I have more important things to do with my time. I'm a busy guy. And I don't think sitting around watching sports is a good use of my time. I don't tell them that they're idiots or I think they're stupid for wearing a jersey with another man's name on their back. But, you know, like let them figure it out on their own if they want to at some point later on. But they're not the kind of guy that I want to be around. I mean, if you're going to sit around talking about sports all day, I don't want you in my tribe, man. Right. And what about, you know, the same can be said for guys with their wives who say, oh, this is my better half. Oh, what would I do without her? How did an idiot like me get a woman like her? You know, yeah, this yeah. is kind of what they're programmed to say. That's that's their choice. But if you're in an LTR with a chick and somebody says to you, like, Jesse, you're so lucky to be with her sort of thing. Like mm -hmm. this happens to me all the time. Right. It's like, oh, Richard, you know, you're so lucky to have your girlfriend. I'm like, no, she's lucky to have me. Right. And then I'll say something else, like maybe like, I don't know, like you should have seen the losers, you know, that she dated, you know, before me. And I'll just walk away. Like, I won't even deal with a conversation. Mm -hmm. Oh, right? right. That's it. That's it. Right. Like who, who cares, you know, with Bob saying something like, oh, this is my better half, Becky and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you want to chime in and be like, really, buddy, is that really what you want to say? Like, you know, that's not very red pill. Like you're not unplugged clearly, you know, you know, Rich Cooper, but you don't even go there, right? Because these guys don't care. They don't want to know. And if you start talking about that stuff, they're going to think that you're insane anyway. So who cares? Like, let them figure it out on their own, right? They're 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 the kind of guys. Whenever you see you know see someone's like, oh, this is my better half, Becky, sort of thing. You know, it's like, yeah, you're not getting laid. <laughs> yeah, I've already had it three times today, and I can tell you haven't had it in like three months. So you know, poor guy. So whatever, like, let him have his moment. Whatever. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rich. Appreciate right, it. Buddy. See ya. Yeah, like you're going to get that, guys. You know, you're going to get that in society. It is what it is, right? Uh, Peter says, women may be better at following the instructions directly, but I'd argue it's a, the boundary of pushing men that allow for advancement and growth. Look, um, everything that society enjoys today, for the most part, was created and invented and manufactured and engineered by men. It's a fact of life. Even, you know, like when you go to sit on the toilet, okay, and you flush it, Everything that happens after you pull that that chain, you know, they used to call it, you know, pulling a chain in the UK where I was from, uh, happens because a man engineered it, assembled it, and put it together. Something as basic as that. So, you know, when people are all like, oh, we don't need no man or something like that, or, you know, what good are men in today's society? It's like, okay, take away everything that men created, and let's see how well your life is going to go. Because after about a week, everything would collapse, I can tell you right now. You took away all, all the men that maintain and manage the electricity grid, uh, the sewage, the garbage collection, uh, the trucking that ships your food to the store that you get to walk in and you know buy your crap from, all that stuff goes away in a week, society would collapse, it would fall apart quickly too. All right, let's see what else we got here. Um, we got a bunch of people. We got a bunch of people with no cameras on. You guys are going to make me read a whole bunch of crap over here in the PMs? Come on, turn on your cameras. What do you, you know, what's the problem, right? Uh, hey, Rich, just popping in. Watch for a question. Okay, we got Spencer Law Enforcement. Okay, Law Enforcement. Let's do Law Enforcement. What's up, Spencer? Hey, Rich. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. So what do you got for me, buddy? Yeah. Uh, just uh, real quick, kind of. So I'm uh, about, I'm going to graduate uh, college in a year, but I'm mm -hmm. uh, going into a career in law enforcement in the United States. And uh, one of the big things I want to do is, you know, like uh, have other uh, assets of income other than my job. You know, it's as much as of a job as I know I'd like it. It's not something mm -hmm. I know I want to do uh, forever. I want to kind of be my own boss, go 
do entrepreneur stuff in my own way, uh, okay. geared towards firearms, law enforcement, personal protection. Mm-hmm. But uh, this, is, I guess, where would you say would be a good start? <clears throat> for where do you live in what state? Who, uh, New Connecticut. Okay, and a good start so to start what? State. Sorry, and a, and a good start to like, I guess, starting a business. I, I don't know anyone who's really big into entrepreneur, entrepreneurial stuff. Well, so funny that you asked, Spencer, because yeah. I am launching my course, The School of Entrepreneurship, in a few weeks. So are you on the wait list for that? I am not yet. You, sh- uh, yeah, you, you should get on the wait list. All right. Get on the wait list because everything that you need to know to build a ELF business, which is an easy, lucrative, and fun business, uh, which will allow for location independence, passive recurring revenue, all the good stuff that I enjoy in my life today. And I share all the lessons that I've learned over the last 20 odd years in entrepreneurship, dealing with guys, coaching guys, being in business forums, going to learning events, hiring business coaches is in that course. Um, There's like four and a half hours worth of lectures. And I have another, probably a 90 minute lecture that I'm going to add this Saturday on building an audience. um, Because I think it's important to talk about, you know, when you're running a business, if, if you're going to get into stuff like the influencer model, um, that you know how to build it and monetize it. So that's going to be added to the course material too, is one of the new lectures. So, um, you know, there's lots of people out there that offer, you know, information on entrepreneurship and there's some great books out there. Um, if you haven't done any of the biographies like Richard Branson's losing my virginity, or, um, I can't remember who the author is, but, uh, the everything store is basically the story of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Um, you know, get your head around some of the things that you have to, that, that some of the greats have done, read the book on Steve jobs, read the book on Elon Musk, you know, like read those biographies or, you know, the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, studies on these great entrepreneurs, even if they didn't write them themselves that have been collected and, you know, put together out in literature, go get them and go through them. So you can see what some of these guys have, have done. Now I would never do what Jeff Bezos you know, because yeah. that's a physical product and a physical product, in my view, is a hard, annoying, lame uh, business. Um, but mm-hmm. he managed to make it work. And when you see some of the bullshit that he ha- had to go through, you may question why or is that even worth it sort of stuff. So the kind of businesses that I like to run, the kind of stuff that I like to talk about, and I always encourage people to do it. And it's like they don't always listen. You know, like people always be yeah. like, yeah, that's a great idea. I wanted to buy the course and then they'll go through it and they'll be like, OK, so I want to do this pressure washing business. And I'm like, that's not enough business, dude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I would, so I get on my email list or, um, pinned in the top comment of the video after it renders and I put it, there will be a a link to get on the wait list for the school of entrepreneurship. It's on teachable and it opens in a few weeks time and it's totally worth it. It's, 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 it's fucking cheap. It's, it's disgustingly cheap with the value that's in it. All right. Okay. Perfect. All right, buddy. Appreciate it, Rich. All right. Thanks, man. And good luck with your law enforcement career. Uh, tough job, man. Um, I did a uh, collab with a bunch of cops. I think there was eight cops that was on that stream about a year and a half ago. Um, and they all basically said the same thing. Like, I mean, I was saying at the time, like, don't be a cop. You, you know, like, nobody's going to respect you. Everybody hates you. You know, whenever things go sideways, you know, they're going to blame you. Um, you know, like, if you touch anything the wrong way, you're going to get in trouble. You know, somebody that stops breathing, it's, you know, it's your fault sort of thing. It's like, yeah, there's some bad apples out there, but I think that the profession as a whole, you couldn't pay me a million dollars a year to be a cop. I would not do that job for a million bucks a year. It's like, you know, the, like the guys that do it, I have, I have respect. I mean, when I get pulled over for a cop for like traffic, you know, speeding, whatever, I'm always very, very respectful, you know, to these guys. Cause they have a, a fucking tough job, man.
I would not want to do that shit. Fuck that. Um, all right, let's see what Majid's got here for us. What's up, buddy? Hi, Rich. Been following you since August last year. I've read the book. I'm a big fan, actually. Thanks, buddy. Of your work. Thank you very much. Um, I want to point out something. I think a big, um, big issue with this whole Andrew Tate thing. I think uh, mm. a lot of it goes down to the fact that a lot of people just haven't gone through enough life experience. Mm. And um, I, I had a friend recently point out one of Andrew's videos where Andrew simply talked about where if he's in a situation where someone is telling him uh, two and two is four and Andrew would simply look them in the dead in the eye and tell them, no, two and two is five. And Andrew would then express that if we continue this disagreement, I have enough physical, uh, I'm ahead of you physically that I can just beat you down. Mm -hmm. And eventually one of us will be right while you're there dying <laughs> or, you know, just on the ground with half of your limbs gone like who's mm. right then and mm. my my friend would send me this video and he's like i don't understand what's the point behind this whole thing like what is he trying to deliver mm -hmm. and it, it's clear i mean I've, I've been through some life experiences here and there and i know the message behind that is that when when you're around someone who's intimidating or who has a presence and has a dominance and whether through its most of the time it's because of their competence. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're higher in hierarchy above you. They're better than you. Mm -hmm. You simply cannot sit there and disagree with them over minuscule things. And this social experience I'm talking about here is that when someone who has this competence tells you, no, two and two is five, not four, it's just a social cue that you need to understand. I am not open for debate. Someone who hasn't been in the social experience doesn't get that cue they think mm -hmm. that we're having this argument and i think that's what most of this controversy around andrew tate is centered around it's just mm -hmm. a lot of people haven't been through enough to understand where he comes from we can we can set aside all the psychoanalysis that goes on on the internet and that's what everyone does on the internet mm -hmm. andrew is a psychopath or andrew is crazy or his misogynist and blah 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 it just goes down to the fact that people just haven't been through enough and still live as as what you pointed out, still in this Disneyland uh, sort of a fantasy. But what's your yeah, take well, on most Yeah, well, most guys are plugged in, right? You know, they're plugged into the Matrix. They're plugged into the comforting lines. They're plugged into the bullshit. So it's like somebody comes along that's bombastic, that's beat the shit out of 80 people. I don't know how many fights he had. I think it was something like 80 or 84, and he's won like pretty much all of them, right? It's like, you know, somebody comes along that's done that, and now they've got money, and they've got a Bugatti, and they can say things like, well, what color is your Bugatti, right? Sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like, I'm a peon. I don't have a Bugatti because I've only got a McLaren, <laughs> right? But, yeah. you know, like somebody that's done all that, all of a sudden brings to the table a certain level of, um, you know, like panache, you know, confidence, uh, you know, charisma that's absent, exactly. right? Exactly. And, and that fills a vacuum, right? Like whenever you have a big personality, it fills a vacuum, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you have a room of weak men, and and somebody strong walks into it all the attention goes to them immediately True. and like the truth of the matter is is most of the people out there today especially in the west they're weak you know i'm just calling it you know what it is they're weak you know they're they're fed lies they've been drinking soy they've got their endocrine systems broken they're fat sick and infertile and they think that you know um a conversation about something like depression or women being promiscuous is disgusting, you know, is offside because, well, if men can do it, why can't women do it? And it's like, no, it's never been that way. Right. So when he makes these arguments, 
again, I, I haven't seen much, you know, that I disagree with. I really haven't. I mean, yeah. let me think, is there any, like anything that front, like I've heard him say, like kids don't need to be around their father, you know, sort of thing. Like moms can just sort of raise them and then you can go in there like once a month. It's like, yeah, I don't agree with that. I think that, that, that children need good access to their father. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he needs to be like a bitch, like, you know, be a second mom. Like I agree with that part, but I think that a father needs to play a role in, you know, the children's lives. And, you know, if he's got kids and he's not spending, you know, time with them, I don't know, maybe that won't work out so well in the future. Like we'll wait and see, right? Maybe it will. Who knows? Can I add something to this whole disagreeing with some of this points thing? Yeah. Because I, personally, I've, there are some things that Andrew Tate has said. Personally, I disagree with. So I'm, I'm a Middle Eastern, I'm a Muslim, I'm Muslim and sometimes mm. he'll affiliate male promiscuity to islam and how that somehow islam justifies it yeah and i know a lot a of muslim, muslims get pissed off with that yeah, yeah it's, it's pissed off is that knee-jerk reaction like no no you're wrong and we are all out there supposed to correct you it's like he yeah. has his opinions and it where yeah. he got them from is his business okay and he's responsible for his image on the internet but um personally when i hear that information i'm like okay you know you take the good and you leave the bad out you kind of be selective with the information yeah it's an a la carte menu yeah Exactly. And um, personally, on, on the other point of people's just lack of experience, I mean, um, when I, w- I was living in, right now, I'm living in Germany. And mm. before that, I was living in Kuwait at the time when I first got exposed to your content. Mm. Um, at the time, I was working as a civil engineer. I was working for a construction firm. And at the time, I developed a relationship with the project manager. And I, I, I was a you know class, I was a top performer at the firm. And he would select me out of the... Um, out of the bunch of employees and we would go to high level meetings and these high level meetings involved general managers, ministers of the housing welfare. It was a housing project. Mm -hmm. And so I was exposed in this, into that environment where I was in a room that is of a high level with people who are very competent and who are decision makers. And it was in that environment that I learned that there are sometimes you have to be very careful and selective of your words. You have to pay attention to, who whose word matters what details are, are necessary yeah and what you have to play not. a game in those environments exactly and and it's it's a there's a lot of power dynamics that go in there you have to account for every detail it's in these environments that you become very self-conscious as an individual because you mm-hmm. know everyone in the room is way ahead of you mm-hmm. and you start to think to yourself wait i have a lot of um th- there's so much road ahead of me that i i'm still at the very beginning and once again i think this is a an experience I was I'm grateful to have had, and because of these kind of things, that project manager I spoke about earlier was very char- charismatic, very dominant, very intimidating individual. Um, that experience taught me these you know th- these different social uh, experiences. Now when I listen mm-hmm. to Andrews, like I can relate to the things he talks about. Even when it comes to yeah. women, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, and also like you got to understand, like uh, I mean, for you to have those conversations, I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't say stuff that I don't really say. You know, he just says it louder and, you know, with a British American accent for the most part. But, um, you know, for you to be able to have those conversations and get those sound bites, which get clipped and thrown all over, you know, the Internet with his army of affiliate marketers. Another Mm -hmm. story. um, You have to be anti-fragile. Okay, so you like you you'd have to be able to have that conversation any place, anytime, anywhere and not worried about somebody canceling you, stabbing you, trying to kill you, uh, expose, you know, stuff about you, you know, you just, you just don't care. And I think that there's not a lot of people that are at the point where they're truthfully anti-fragile. Um, there's some people that think they are, 
there's a lot of posers out there too, especially on YouTube, but <laughs> there's very, very few people that are actually anti-fragile, right? Um, right? And a lot of people agree with the stuff that's being said, right? They don't, I don't see a lot of disagree. Like the arguments, like if you look at the comments, the arguments are like, who hurt you? Uh, it's because you don't have a good woman in your life. Yeah. Just like the standard weak sort of soy boy shit. And, it, and it's not just women that are saying it's also dudes too, right? But Sadly. most people are like facts. I agree with this. You know, where's like, where's the argument? Like, where's the lie sort of thing? So they're just not saying anything publicly, you know, about it sort of stuff. And unfortunately, there's a lot of weaker guys too. Like I got some DMs and I opened the cast, you know, talking about, about it very briefly. But I got DMs from guys that are like, here's a screenshot of a girl that I like. Here's a screenshot of her with a story saying that if you follow Andrew Tate, then you're a loser. I'm scared because I follow Andrew Tate. What do you think? Because I like this girl. And it's like, dude, you're really you, that weak. Like, you know, your you, options are are lacking yeah, to yeah. this degree where you care about what a thought thinks, you know, because she voices <laughs> an opinion on Instagram. Like, come on, like, like have more options, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. It is. It is quite a degenerate area that we live in. And by the way, it's not you guys. Uh, I hear a lot in this sphere that uh, a lot of this is going on in the West. But as someone who lived in the Middle East, a lot of this ideology and a lot of this way of thinking and weakness is seeping into the Middle East, is seeping yeah, into these communities. And I it's know. it's uh, it's it's not so great to witness, to be honest. No, I know. And and when like Muslim guys watch my stuff, I know there's something going sideways with Muslim culture. Like I still think it's going to be the last holdout. Uh, I'm not a religious guy, but if I were to select a religion, you know, to associate with, I think it would be Islam, you know, to be honest with you, um, I don't hear that. Uh, it's, it's, it just seems to have most things right. But again, it's getting infiltrated with, you know, Western liberalism and feminisms exactly. and all these other isms and, right. you know, guys that aren't having luck with women, of course, they find a refuge somewhere and they think, okay, well, somebody's saying, just be a nice guy or this, you know, this, this person said that, you know, women should have rights and they should be able to do these things too. And that's like contradictory to culture. So you're starting to see clashes now in your culture itself. And it's like, Hey, you know, it's, it's, it's probably going to get worse there before it gets better. But I think there's enough strong masculine influences in Islam that it's going to have a very, very hard time. And there's going to be a big fight over it. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Anyway. Thanks buddy. Bye. Uh, we got some of the guy actually, um, <laughs> I got a lot of guys in the uh, the chat right now. Join the 1% community. Like these are all the boys, you know, they're saying that you're a good fit. So I know you're in Germany and we don't have a lot of uh, guys in Germany, but uh, yeah, you know, it's open to anybody uh, globally. We've, we got most of our membership in uh, North America, the UK and, you know, some other parts of the world, but uh, you're more than welcome to join my brother. Um, you know, if you see a fit, it's, it's there. Um, all right, so let's do this. We're pretty much at the 90-minute mark, so I'm going to wrap her up. I call it a day. Uh, Moff has a stereo show going after this, kind of like a companion show. So download the stereo app, search for Moff. Uh, he's going to be live doing his thing. Uh, Jin says, uh, do you think your daughter would agree with having Tate as a friend? He has been accused of human trafficking due to his cam girls business. Uh, there's videos of him on Reddit where he is beating up a woman with a belt. Um that's already been explained. I'm surprised you're even bringing that up. Uh, like the uh, look, I, I'm not going to defend it. You know, if you want to be one of those like people that thinks that everything you hear and see on the internet is factual and true, then you're just as gullible as the other nerds. Um, both of those things have already been dealt with by him. 
So, you know, you can go check it out. It's already been dealt with. Um, you know, it's always like the, like the, the crowd's like, hey, you know, would your family member associate with something like this? Da, 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 da. It's like, I want to be very clear. I'm not, I don't give a fuck, okay? I'm not defending anybody. All I'm saying is, what is really that controversial about what he's said, okay? And the fact of the matter is, I haven't found much that really is. It's very hard to disagree. So like the whole narrative that he's a controversial figure or that he's saying things that are like harmful to society, for example, it's always guys like this gin nerd over here that are like, oh, well, the human traffic, what about that? It's like, that was already dealt with. That was bullshit. Um, I talked to him privately and he also, you know, did like a live broadcast. Um, the beating up women with a belt, that was for a TV show, you idiot. Like that was covered there as well. Uh, Big Brother, hello. Everybody takes everything at face value today. There's like, there's not a lot of critical thinking, you know? Well, the mainstream media said that, so it's got to be true. I'm going to stand up in line for my 75th booster shot. Okay. Go check out Moff. Have an awesome day. We'll see you guys in the next one. I'm back live again, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern next Monday night.